Welcome back to Real Estate Investing with Alex Deacon. My name is Adam. I am your host that loves the softball questions to the man of the hour here, uh, the main man, the deacon of real estate, Alex Deacon. Alex, how are you doing today, good sir? I'm doing awesome. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, sir. It's a little snowy day here in Pittsburgh today. It is. Unexpected. Coming to the end of the winter stretch, which is good. We are. And today what we're going to do is we're actually going to revisit a couple things that we've spoken about before. Um, And and it's it's a twofold reason. One, refreshers are always great. Um, so if you were, today we're going to talk about easiest flips. And if you've heard our, our episode about that before, um, we're kind of going to be touching upon some of the same things. But the reason why we like to do, you know, kind of revisit topics uh, every once in a while is we might bring something into conversation we didn't the first time. So that's going to be today's subject in, uh, that's going to be today's subject. Get your notes out, get your pens out. Uh, and the deacon, I, I guess, is, is, taking, uh, is taking this the stage. Mm-hmm. I am on stage and ready to go. So I wanted to discuss today, um, just because it's been a while since we've done the uh, the last podcast about this, the easiest flips. And that seems to be a, a, a pretty common term today, flips, you know, rehabs, buy, buy and sell, you know, make now money. I call that now money, right? Mm-hmm. The long term is uh, the tomorrow money, long term buy and hold. This helps pays today's bills and uh, the long-term helps set up your future uh, wealth building. So the easiest slips is what I like to focus on. Um, and when I say easiest, uh, it doesn't mean they are the easiest rehab. Or it doesn't mean they're the easiest to find or the easiest to turn over and get a quick profit. It's just, for me, easy means easy and safe. It kind of go hand in hand because I always like to, when I do my flips, I want them to be categorized in, in a certain area where if I can't sell it, I can keep it, hold on to it for a while, and then sell it later. Okay. You know, and not get too hurt. So I like to stay in a box. I like to stay in a certain box when I do flips. Okay. Um, what I like to look for when I'm doing, uh, doing a house to buy it, rehab it, and sell it is something in a, a, Fairly good school district. It's always good to find. The problem with those is they're hard to find. So if you want a really good school district, finding flips in those school districts is very difficult because, one, you're competing against the homeowner who wants to buy the house and live in it. Mm -hmm. So you can't compete financially with the homeowner when you're bidding against them because they're most likely going to beat you out of the deal. So when you do find something in a very good school district, you're usually going to pay up for it. But then the payoff at the end is usually almost money in the bank if you know what you're doing because the demand is so high there. You are going to sell the property. It's just a matter of, you know, are you going to make a profit, a large, small profit, or, or maybe just break even. So the, the, the houses that I really like and they seem to, to always sell quickly and sell fast are the small, we'll start with this, the smaller uh, ranches. So something like a thousand square foot to a two thousand square foot ranch, a brick ranch home, in a, a B class neighborhood, very easy to sell, because it appeals not only to the first time home buyer because it's in that price range. It's going to appeal for maybe an empty nester, you know, someone who's living in a larger house and now they're downsizing. They have their 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 children are gone. They want something on one level. It's going to appeal to anybody looking for. Uh, a home in that specific neighborhood. You know, 
there are a few people that don't like ranches, right? But uh, for the most part, when I like when I was younger, I would have bought any house. It, it could have been a two story, could have been a ranch, it could have been a Cape Cod. It wouldn't have mattered to me if I liked it. Right. You know, I wasn't real specific. So, and those houses are easy to sell. They're usually a brick ranch. In this area, is built 1950, 1960, and therefore the mechanicals aren't hundred years old. You know, with the the foundation is usually not a sandstone foundation. It's usually block, so it's just less likely to be leaking. Right. Not that they don't. You know, you can still buy a house with block foundation that leaks, but and then. Um, they usually smaller room sizes, so you're dealing with a smaller kitchen, and you're dealing with, you know, a smaller bathroom, and you're dealing with, you know, refinishing hardwood floors that are usually in houses that of that era. So you go into a, a 1,200, 1,500 square foot ranch like that, and you can budget very easy too. The roofs are inexpensive to do because you're either low to the ground, the pitch is usually not really high. So I can run through a, a, a brick ranch home very quickly and budget for the kitchen, the bathroom, the flooring, the windows, the roof, very quickly. And there's usually no um, no surprises. Right. You know, so right. I love those, easy to do. And usually when you find brick ranches like that, it, it could even be a brick two-story. I'm mm -hmm. just talking about that size, that uh, when they were built around that time period, 1950, 1960. Of course, anything new is fine. I like those yeah. houses. But you can, you can walk through them very quickly. And usually, you can, you can evaluate the market value really easy, too. Because normally, those houses are in a neighborhood that has a bunch of those houses in it. So coming up with a market value is pretty easy, and it's going to be fairly accurate. Because you're going to have, maybe over the past two years, 20 homes that have sold similar to that in that neighborhood, right? And it's going to be very easy to come up with a market value. Where if you pick an outlier house, so this would be a not easy flip to do. So let's say we find on a larger a larger 2,500 square foot home. Mm -hmm. And kind of out by itself, up on a hillside, and you have to drive through. I'm dealing with one right now. It's not mine, but it's a client's. It's a it's a A plus school district. Okay, uh, the problem with getting to this house, and it's a very nice house too. I mean, it's a gorgeous house, and it's probably about three thousand square foot. The problem with the house is getting to it is not the prettiest drive. Uh, so you're going okay. through like kind of a a hundred to hundred fifty thousand dollar neighborhood. And these aren't real nice houses. These are older, older houses. Some of them are sandstone foundations, so it's a completely different neighborhood, right? right? And then you get to the house, and you have this very steep, long driveway. Okay. Right? Okay. So you're already eliminating people that, oh, I don't want to drive to my $450,000 house right. through that neighborhood. And you have this steep driveway. I don't want to drive through that neighborhood, and then... That have to worry about that 600 foot long driveway in the winter time. In the winter, yeah. And when you get to the house, it's five acres. Out of the five acres, maybe only uh, an acre is usable. So now I have to take care of all that property. Right. 
So see how you're limit you're shrinking your pool. Is that right? right. And the market time on this property is 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 long, and the holding costs are very high because the taxes here are high. It, can you imagine you know, what it costs to hold a three hundred fifty thousand dollar mortgage with high taxes at a high interest rate? And you could not possibly rent this house out and cover your mortgage. So worst case scenario, if it doesn't sell, you can't rent it out too cover your costs right so those are the kinds of flips I like to stay away from and the reason is I mean unless I unless I do you really have to know what you're doing and you really have to get it at a very low price so therefore if you do make mistakes buying anything at a very low price always helps to remove a lot of risk okay. because you got such a cushion mm -hmm. right where if you paid like on some of these ranches and two stories I'm talking about, the smaller ones, you have to pay up and your your margins are much smaller, but it's almost like money in the bank. Right. Right. You know? So maybe you're only gonna make fifteen or twenty thousand on your flip, but it's like it's almost like money in the bank. For this one, you have an opportunity to make fifty or a hundred thousand, but you also have the opportunity if you if you under budgeted what you had had to do to make the place right and you over um, valued it, right? And I valued it at five hundred thousand, something itself for four. Then you could be in a really bad financial position. And if you imagine we had like three of these going right. at once, yeah, because it seems like these are all boomer busts. Like that's more of a mm -hmm. boomer. You know, it, it could pay off in space, yes. or you could be in a rut. Yeah. Correct. So especially just starting off for someone, I'd like to be on the more cookie cutter homes, the ones that you have a safety net where they're easy to budget for repairs. There's usually no hidden costs or surprises. Um, and you always have a contingency factor in there any, anyway when you do any sort of construction. Uh, there's a large buyer pool for that home. There's a lot of properties on the market or have sold recently that you can use as comparable sales, so you can come up with a market value very easy. And... If you get into some sort of trouble where the market starts to, to, to back off a little bit, it starts to slow up, you have the option of maybe holding on to it and renting it and then holding on to it until the market comes back and selling it at a later time. So those are the easiest flips. And those are the ones that I would recommend that anybody starting out doing a flip sticks with a certain box uh, of criteria, you know, good area, Easy to do, quick to, to complete it, uh, have a lot of market data so you know your values are right on, and you have that safety net. And it's very hard to, to go wrong when you when you use that. And would you say that everybody has, you prefer the small ranch, you know, and, and like you said, small, maybe ranch, brick style, uh, B neighborhood. Um, other people's comfort level might be in something different. So in a way, they can use that same, the same example, but adhere it to any property that they prefer right you know if, if this isn't mm -hmm. obviously just just one you know yeah this is just this is the pittsburgh market mm -hmm. you might be in san francisco where uh, you know a little ranch like this size is eight hundred thousand dollars <laughs> yeah, right, right? <laughs> this is a different market this i'm just talking about this pittsburgh market in the you know suburbs or even in the city of pittsburgh you can find houses like this that's what I would suggest for anyone who wants to get started in a flip is to start with something in this box and then they can later 
uh, grow and expand into different venues, right. you know, and, and different style houses and, and something a little more risky. Mm-hmm. But just kind of get used to the basics and because that comes with the repetition, the learning mm-hmm. and everything comes with that. And then that's yep. when you grow. So yeah. there's always a, there's always a why behind the, the why. There is a, a reason behind the why. Yes, there's, say. A reason, <laughs> there's a reason behind the why. That is correct. Um, so what else do we have to talk about today on easy splits? Well, I, I could emphasize this. They're not, <laughs> they're they're not, not easy. easy to find. That's what I wrote there, yeah. They're not easy to find. And you just have to you just continually, uh, continually scouring the market. Uh, I know a lot of people, and I don't do this, and maybe I will start at some point, but a lot, a lot of uh, other investors will do direct marketing to find mm-hmm. those deals. Like they'll literally just send out letters. Hey, I, I, I want to know if you want to sell your house or it's an estate. And sorry to hear of your your loss. I mean, you get these all the time. Right. Sorry to hear your loss, but hey, you want to sell your house. Right. 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 <laughs> or there's lists out there of people that are behind on their taxes. Right. So you can buy those lists and mail them something. There might be lists of folks that are behind on their mortgages. Um, yeah, there's ways to find buy lists and send out direct mailing. So that's another way to find the properties that are easy to flip, and maybe the average investor's not looking for those in that way. Because I don't do that, and I and I do quite a few flips. Right. So. I've never done any direct mailing. It's maybe something I'll start to do at some point, but they're easy to do. Not easy. Okay, when I say easy, <laughs> they're they're the easiest of flips. Flips right. are difficult. Right. They definitely are to make them work, but they are the easiest. I would stick with the easiest, but they're not the easiest to find. Right. If, if you find, and just one more word of advice, if you find a flip very quickly, and you tend to find them quickly and only look at a few and you think that every three that you look at, one of them's a good flip, you're not looking at enough. You know, good you advice. You should be looking at literally hundreds before you really get to know the market. And then once you know the market, you're literally still looking at 50 to 100 properties before you find one. And there's a good chance even when you do find it, you're going to get outbid. Right. So you just have to keep your, your head down and continue at it. And continue looking. Eventually, you'll find one. You'll get good at it. You'll do another one, and then another one, and then another one. Patience and stay in the game. Yeah, you have to absolutely have to stay. Have to be uh, patient and resilient, and not give up. Right. Yep. Well, I guess it's cheap plug time, right? <clears throat> cheap plug time. Cheap Go plug ahead. time. Let's plug away. You all right, it. all right, guys, the, ladies and gentlemen. Here's where you need to find all of our stuff. And when I say need, yes, it is a need. You want to hear all of this great man's advice here. Um, find us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play Podcasts, Spreaker. Uh, go to our website, dhrea.com. Uh, go to uh, either the news and updates or the free learning section. You can find it there. We're Just search Deacon Hoover Podcast or Alex Deacon Podcast. You'll be able to find us on your favorite platform. Um, dhrea.com is our website. Go visit all of our listings on there. Check them out. See what we have to offer. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all under Deacon Hoover, and make sure you follow or make sure you sign up for Alex's uh, meetup groups. One is the Pittsburgh Landlording Group that meets once a month, and one is his uh, real estate networking group that meets once a month. Um, especially this month is is going to be a really really big one. So hopefully I get this out and published. Uh, you won't want to miss Marches because there's two big special guests coming in: Josh Caldwell and uh, Attorney Matt Bean. Mm-hmm. So, guys, uh, that is on the 9th, I believe. Correct. 
Alex, uh, March 9th? Saturday 9th, yes. Saturday, March 9th. So, um, guys, go to meetup.com, search Alex Deacon, and uh, sign up for both of his uh, his meetup groups because um, there's a lot of great networking going on here in the Pittsburgh market. And even if you're outside of the Pittsburgh market, uh, you'll want to network with Alex. Uh, there's a lot uh, that he can do for you in this area. So, for Alex, for myself, and for everyone here at Deacon Hoover Real Estate Advisors, we appreciate you, and we will see you next time.